Hello, and welcome to the newest podcast from The Courier, Beyond the Stories. Today is Friday, January 24th, 2020. I am Nancy Newhoff, editor of The Courier. Today, our guest is Amy Rivers, staff writer and digital specialist at The Courier, who since November 1st has been our political reporter. In three short months, Amy has hit the ground running, trying to get to as many candidate events as she can in our area. What's it like to be a political reporter in Iowa during a busy lead-up to the Iowa caucuses? Let's find out. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself. I interned here at The Courier while at UNI, then began here in 2007 as a staff writer. I worked a few years at the TV station, then I came back in 2015. All told, I've spent about 14 years in professional journalism, about 11 years of that at The Courier. How did you become interested in politics? Does a political reporter really need to have a, a, a love a love of politics? Oh, I think so. I think that's important. Um, I majored in political communication at UNI and I've always been fascinated by the ways that politicians and politics in general have an influence on nearly everything we do. I think that it's especially important, therefore, to really pay attention to what politicians are promising as well as what they end up doing. And my job as a political reporter is to really bring those things to light in order to hold the powerful to account. Amy, this is the most crowded Democratic primary we've seen in a while. Walk us through your daily routine. What's it like? Yeah, it took me a while to get up to speed with the candidates, given their sheer numbers. And I reached out to all of their campaign's press people first off, just in order to know first when they'll be in our area so we can cover them, as well as just to get on their radar. If you've ever signed up for a candidate's email list, you know how often they contact you. Times that by about two dozen. (laughs) It's a bit more manageable these days, but there's still a dozen Democrats and three Republicans mounting serious challenges this election cycle. So I go through these emails for candidate stops in Northeast Iowa, including stops by their surrogates. These are their spouses as well as legislators, actors, activists, or other elected officials who have endorsed them and are campaigning for them. And I try to make sure that I'm there in person for as many of these campaign events as I can, obviously weather permitting in winter in Iowa. So then once you've got been to an event, talk about the writing process. Um, how do you take an event that where they've had given a rally and maybe they've said the same thing each time and make that into a story for our, our readers? As far as covering the campaign events, it really depends on the candidate as well as the venue where it's taking place. But generally, um, you know, first off, I check in as a member of the media. When I get there, I get a badge identifying me as such. And that's in addition to the badge I normally carry identifying me as a courier reporter. I then take my notebook and pen to a table, generally in the back behind the TV cameras and the ca- regular cameras for the national news networks. And the photographers are from all over. We've got, you know, newspapers from Los Angeles, from New York, from Chicago, um, and obviously all the major television networks. Uh, Most of the press people there are actually traveling press, meaning they're with a candidate as he or she makes the rounds, and they've been at every stop so far, and they're just looking for any new material. So that's sort of why there's generally a difference between what I write and what they write. They're looking for new, preferably controversial material, while my job is really to report the essence of what was said. And then after that, sometimes the campaign will allow me to ask a few questions of the candidate one-on-one, which I normally make sure to record audio of on my phone so that I can share that experience with our readers. 
And then I talk to voters, which is my favorite part because that's really how you can get a sense of how a candidate is doing. And then I go back to the office and put it all together for an article. Amy, what have voters been telling you at these events? Every candidate brings out different audiences who prioritize different issues, but there's a few that you keep hearing over and over. Um, healthcare is a big one. So healthcare needs to be reformed, though obviously the candidates disagree on how. Uh, people are concerned about education policy, particularly how to pay for higher education like trade schools and colleges. And finally, they just want to back a candidate who has a real chance of winning the general election against President Donald Trump. So these things are true of voters no matter who they're backing or why they're backing them, whether they're more moderate or progressive, and regardless of whether they've actually chosen a favorite candidate yet or are still undecided. Speaking of undecideds, Iowa is a really interesting place to be covering presidential politics because of the number of people who will wait to decide on a candidate until they've gone to see that candidate in person. And the good campaigns know this, which is why they schedule events all over the state and return multiple times. It's not uncommon for a voter to tell me they're still deciding because they haven't seen so-and-so yet. But by now, with about a little over a week out, most people have a good number one and number two choice going into the Iowa caucuses on February 3rd. So speaking of the Iowa caucus, Amy, who in your estimation will win it? I'm a pretty close follower of the polls. Not necessarily any one poll because so much can be skewed in a single poll, but as an overall average, it's probably not a bad barometer of public sentiment. And that polling average among likely Iowa Democratic caucus goers shows Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg all over 15%, which normally indicates viability in a precinct. That means among the supporters of the rest of the candidates, you'll either see them peel off and head to one of the other camps to pump them up to victory, or you'll see them band together and pull off an upset for a Klobuchar or a Yang or a Steyer. The other possibility all of us in the media are closely watching for is whether you'll have multiple candidates declaring victory in Iowa. We've you know, seen this in the news too. The Democrats have changed some rules of their caucus and now will be sending three different numbers out. Mm-hmm. So the first of raw vote totals in the first alignment, then the raw vote totals in the second alignment, and finally the delegate number, which is the only number that actually counts going forward to the party's county, state, and national convention. But there's a real possibility that all three of those numbers could indicate support for three different candidates, all of whom are desperate to claim a victory in the Iowa caucus and go into New Hampshire, go into South Carolina, go into Nevada with the momentum of a win. So that's really the big question mark hanging over the Iowa caucuses, and one we'll all be closely watching for February 3rd. So give me a feel for this last week on the campaign trail. Well, they're all giving their final messages. For most of them, that's just making sure these supporters come out in caucus, and they'll be hammering that get-out-the-vote message. For others, it's getting undecideds off the fence and finally getting to the caucus. But look for a lot of last-minute events and appearances, particularly in those Obama-Trump places where voters have swung over the past few years as particularly key. I know on caucus night, I will be out and about in Blackhawk County, as well as my colleagues, all reporting on the process and the vote and delegate totals as soon as they come in. So look for that on WCFCourier.com. Thanks, Amy. That's it for today. I'm Nancy Newhoff. The Iowa caucuses begin at 7 p.m. February 3rd. Go to WCFCourier.com to keep up with caucus, uh, our caucus coverage that night. For Beyond the Stories, I'm Nancy Newhoff. Thank you. Thank you.